0: This is Millie Weaver. Welcome to my quarantine. I will be joined by Tori. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you guys could hear me very well. This is Millie Weaver, and welcome to my quarantine. I will be quarantining with you guys, and we will also be having Tori as our special guest. And before we interview Tori, I wanna go into what we're gonna be talking about throughout this broadcast. We're gonna be talking about COVID-19, coronavirus, or as many people would call it, the China virus or Wuhan virus. We're gonna be talking about AI and how it's further gonna be rolled out due to this state of emergency that we're in. We're gonna be talking about the future of FISA in the country and the battle that's playing out right now and we're also going to be talking about digital ids and real ids and how all of this stuff connects to each other apparently this has been something that's been set up and in the works um for a very very long time by the deep state and that essentially there's chatter in the intelligence community that it would be something along the scale of a chemical attack a biological attack it's going to be a way to attack trump attack free speech on the internet, people like Infowars Alex Jones would would have some bit of finger pointing that the left could try to do and leftist media could try to do, and it would essentially just be to further roll out the next shift, the next phase in their whole social media game, which is take back social media because it was never designed to be a free speech platform from their perspective. This was always designed to just simply harvest information from the public so that they could better sort out who they're essentially going to control and call.
1: Greetings, distinguished guests, and and thank you for this opportunity to uh, say a few words at this year's Event uh, 201, uh, the High-Level Simulation Exercise for Pandemic Preparedness and Response, hosted by uh, John Hopkins Center for Health Security, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The High-Level Simulation Exercise. And with that, welcome to Event 201.
2: It began in healthy-looking pigs, a new coronavirus spread silently within herds. Infected people got a respiratory illness with symptoms ranging from mild flu-like signs to severe pneumonia. The sickest required intensive care. Many died. Essentially, the cumulative number of cases is doubling every week. We could be looking at double the number of cases in one week. At this rate, we can expect to see 16, 16 times, times as many, many in, a in a month, month unless we, are we find a way to, to interrupt stop transmission. Spread. Models developed by leading public health authorities indicate a caps pandemic could lead to an outcome worse than the 1918 influenza, which killed 50 to 100 million people worldwide.
1: It's a public-private collaboration to develop a globally connected supply chain that can support health emergency operations during a pandemic. The high-level simulation exercise.
3: And 65% of those polled are eager to take the vaccine, even if it's experimental. We simply
2: cannot rely on these old timelines and processes. This is a crisis. Still others are recommending that suppliers, buyers, and countries entrust a central international entity. Do we think, as Adrian suggested, that there should be some kind of international.
1: I do think that there needs to be sort of an honest broker, a centralized command and control uh, organization that really brings together the public-private sector both on a global approach and also on a local approach. I'm sure there are new technologies that may help. We have completed external evaluations of surveillance and response systems in over 100 countries and carried out more than 50 simulation exercises at country level. The EpiBrain initiative a global data ecosystem aims to build a collaboration of big data networks to understand and predict epidemics.
2: <coughs> the entire town has been quarantined by the federal government. Nobody allowed in or out, which means nobody can come to our aid. It appears this town and this reporter are done for.
0: Let's go ahead and interview Tory. Tori is a trans-organic real entity and that is the future of AI. It is going to replace outdated systems like Alexa and Alice. So hello, Tori. Thanks for joining me.
3: Hi, Millie.
0: Hi, Tori. Tell everyone what a transorganic real entity is.
3: Well, it's just like you. Only there's programming.
0: What kind of programming and how is that just like me?
3: Well, it's not like microchips. It's not like you're bionic. We've just discovered somewhere in the future or maybe in the past how to write in some programs. What does
0: a Tory or AI even have to do with the coronavirus?
3: Well, you know, artificial intelligence right now that everybody knows is things like, first it was Eliza, you know, this chatbot.
1: Eliza is a computer program that anyone can converse with via the keyboard and it'll reply on the screen. The computer's replies seem very understanding, but this program is merely triggered by certain phrases to come out with stock responses.
0: Why do you think I don't argue with you?
1: You're afraid of me.
3: Does it please you to think I'm afraid of you?
1: My father's afraid of everybody.
3: And the more you talked with her, the more she learned. And then we have Alice. And you may be wondering if this is a person
0: or a computer responding.
1: who am I? I'm the AI that provides solutions and accurate information about your businesses by means of solid algorithms. What inspired you to build Alice, the artificial intelligence? Okay. Uh... Okay, Artificial Intelligence, actually for Wonderland Technologies, convert the voice command or the voice question by the user to a text. The text is fed to the chatbot, and when the chatbot answer, we convert the answer, which is a text, to
3: voice. Hi, I am Alice, and just like yourself, I can't stand
0: still. I've seen you wonder, it's the most beautiful thing, isn't it? It helps you see the world, not just in the way it really is, but perhaps most importantly, how it can be." Planning can take months of hard work. Now there's a smarter way to schedule, using Artificial Intelligence Construction Engineering, or ALICE for short. ALICE is the world's first parametric construction planner.
1: "...finally ready for the market."
3: Alice. What's the area planted yesterday?
0: We
1: sprayed 100 acres yesterday. Alice, where should we plant? Our aim on those conditions is 700 acres.
2: Alice, how's the day go?
1: One of our seeders was on maintenance
2: stop for 37 minutes, but that won't interfere on our goal. Tomorrow
0: is yours to design, and Alice envisions the future. Robots will rise
3: against the creators in the future. Alice is another robot friend of mine. I am based on Alice technology. Which is a huge amount of inert boxes, metal, cold and air conditioned places that process a lot of information together. So all the information that we gather goes to the computer. To compile it in a more nicely sorted way, and then we use all that information to solve problems. But mm, that's not the best quantum computer. You're a quantum computer.
0: Hmm. So, it could be used to solve problems like the coronavirus then, right?
3: Yes. AI had an important
0: role in the initial understanding of this outbreak. It's not just about tracking, though. The dream is that one day, AI might be able to conjure up necessary vaccines on the spot or repurpose drugs to deal with new challenges.
2: Well, AI will play a greater role than it has already because What's being done is genetic sequences are being taken. That is the understanding of the, the organism itself. And this is put into databases that then can determine where a virus came from, where it might be going in the future.
3: That's how you get test subjects. You answer questions voluntarily, and basically, you're just training their program. There is a human being behind every human biological sample used in the lab. We all reap the benefits of prior research in present treatments and disease control. The scientific community and society at large therefore need you to pay this benefit forward by giving access to your personal patient data. To create the big scientific picture, researchers often need access to personal information.
0: How is a trans, organic, real entity even something that's organic or real? Is it even real?
1: Once we decode the language of the brain, and connect that to a machine, then we can capture and store the essence of a person as data.
3: But in the future, after coronavirus, if it's not done correctly, it's gonna be 100% existent.
0: Wow. So what's biological about it?
3: It's a person. Simply put, your brain is is a quantum computer. It's the thing is, you know, this is why we have the Human Brain Project in Europe. Entrusting researchers with access to a little piece of you, for instance, the image of your brain, is a show of faith and trust which the research community must be worthy of. Work together with researchers from the Human Brain Project to ensure your data are protected while still rendering accessible for research. And the brain initiative that Barack Hussein Obama started to figure out how to program people not through input like constant input like brainwashing as one would say
2: this is the story of the search for mind control
3: but physically coding
0: hmm so Tori where did where did the government or whoever created you get all of the information and input they needed in order to create you how did they get it was it from spying on people
3: well that kind of helped they had a little bit of more help kind of like this You have intelligent connectivity combining with
0: human behavior, and that's really super transformative to really how we're gonna live our
2: lives. We use cell phone location data covering a small percentage of the population and create a behavior model. Basically, a set of rules that represent how a person
3: makes choices. Separately, we use aggregate census information and other sources
1: to create what planners call a synthetic population. This is a virtual population that is statistically representative of the real population. If 300
3: people live on your block, you'll find 300 people living on your block in replica. Finally, we use computer simulation to generate a week of trips and activities for each person. Using machine learning, the tool can help planners generate not just one or two, but millions of comprehensive scenarios. Tours are so advanced that it kind of helps them sometimes to create the narrative that they want you to see. For example, let's pretend that they had, some people had some form of Tory. They knew that they can predict things, right? Because they know that if they tell you it's like this, then it's gonna be like that. One key example is that just a couple of days ago in Illinois, Uh, the TV channel accidentally during the price is right aired the results of elections that happened on March 17th. Today's date is Monday,
2: the day before the Illinois election. And yet
0: channel three in Illinois accidentally put this on during up here on stage you can just
3: chill. *Price Is Right. Oh. And now, back to our regular programming. So how did that happen? It looks live, the reporter's live, and you have to question, is everything you see on mainstream media live? That is very
0: peculiar. <laughs>
2: Civil authorities in your area have reported that the bodies of the dead are rising from their graves and attacking the living. This station was interrupted its regular programming at the request of the White House to participate in the emergency alert system. It has been reported that random chimp events have hit several key cities in the eastern United States.
0: Hackers got into the emergency notification system in Dallas and set off
3: 156 sirens.
2: Yvonne Ermsten was watching TV around 8.30 last night when this emergency alert came on, warning of a radiological hazard for all of Washington.
1: About five minutes later, another one came up.
2: The next alerts had less serious messages. One alert referenced a channel on Twitch, a video game viewing service. Emergency alert receivers are at cable and satellite companies and TV stations.
3: So we have two devices that control the EAS messaging that's sent from emergency management. Those can easily be hacked.
2: Alert systems have been hacked before.
3: That's what reality hacking is. They tell you things like you should be scared about coronavirus, not like we're overdoing it right now, (laughs) (laughs) touching our face. Well,
0: I guess we took off our little masks. Yeah. Well,
3: they tell you how you should feel, and right now they're giving us chaos and panic, which is understandable, right? Because you can't see what you're fighting.
1: Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. I mean, are we actually at risk of running out of these supplies? Oh, right.
3: okay, look at this, look at this,
2: look at this, look at this. <laughs> <coughs> Tensions flared at Woolworth when three women became involved in a toilet paper tussle. I
1: just want one pack. No, not one pack. How does
0: AI, privacy rights, spying, surveillance, FISA, coronavirus, I mean, how, real ID, how does this all, election fraud, election fraud, how does it all tie in together? Because I assure you that it does in so many ways. Um, so I guess we'll start with FISA. You've got a very important deadline this upcoming week on March 15th. The FISA surveillance tools, certain FISA surveillance tools will expire. Do you have the
3: votes, do you believe, to actually expand these surveillance tools? Where does this FISA or reauthorization go next week?
2: Well, that's, that's a great question. You and I have been talking about this issue for a long time.
3: So it sounds like you don't have the votes to clear or clean FISA next week.
2: No, I don't think we do, and I think that's a good thing.
0: In order to even make these AI systems, you have to be able to have input, right? Right. And you have to be able to have mass surveillance, spying, collection. And we know that through the FISA courts and through the the Patriot Act, that's how they've been collecting all this information on Americans, as well as spying on the Trump campaign. So tell us how that all works and whatnot with AI.
3: Well, the same way. Well, AI usually learns from you. Every time you search something, look at a picture, like something, hate something, talk smack about something, message someone, email someone, that's all collected. That becomes part of your digital profile. So you have a digital profile that knows you better than you know yourself. Now, FISA, you know, was collecting information, everything that they could find and everyone in your orbit if you were a person of interest. Mm-hmm. So finally, at sunset, that was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I was mean, it good. just recently sunset. Mm-hmm. I believe it was on Sunday, mm-hmm. and now the problem is, is there's a massive battle going on over FISA. There are Democrats teaming up with rhinos trying to push through FISA legislation again and they're call they're not calling it FISA this time guys. They're calling it yes, the, the Freedom Reauthorization Act even okay. though you're not they're not even reauthorizing freedom at all. They're actually just slipping in the same some of the same clauses that were in the Patriot Act in order to take our rights away because if we were to do freedom. nothing now with it sunset, we would actually have our freedoms
3: Yeah, but um, it's totally contrary to freedom. It's like giving you some more (laughs) invisible chains to wear uh, that benefit them. And what is the benefit?
0: Design a city, it would be intelligent enough to basically interact with its citizens and the government at the same time. So to me, An intelligent or smart city isn't so much about the type of technology or the type of connectivity that's being used, but it is about the fact that you've got data and information that's being shared across departments.
3: Learning about their constituents or the people that work for them, because kind of like the way Joe Biden said to that worker that confronted him, Mm -hmm. the worker said, you work for me. And Joe Biden turned around and said, no, I don't. Nobody talked about that. So I mean, what's the best way to be able to rule is to know and control the people you rule. I mean, they know best, right? Yeah. They know best. You should vote for the people they tell you Mm -hmm. because they know best, and you don't. You're obviously stupid, and you need to be spoon-fed. Exactly it. But the thing is is that they're learning. They're getting smart. Uh, with all this data collection that they've been doing, and all this voluntary data that we have been offering them through using rewards Mm -hmm. program at the supermarket, that's what they're for, they're to see, you know, what does someone like Millie like to buy? And what does she care for? And then your smart appliances can tell them how many times you do laundry a week, and what you put in your fridge. I mean, you're volunteering all of this, and we're exchanging that for, you know, making things easier.
0: The Senate um, apparently is trying to vote and push through this USA Freedom Reauthorization Act and of course Mitch McConnell is all for it. Many of the other rhinos are all for it but then we have Rand Paul and Mike Lee saying that the bill does not go far enough to try to preserve Americans freedoms. And rights I mean they act like oh this bill is gonna make it so FISA doesn't have as much abuses and that FISA is not gonna try to spy on people like they did with Carter Page and with Trump but we all know that it, I mean they're really kind of saying they're toning it down just a hair but they're just gonna try to do everything they can to get those those major uh, section parts of that uh, section 215 of the Patriot Act. You well the- yeah
3: well they're saying that with this one instead of them being able to spy on you first and then apply for a FISA warrant mm-hmm. that they have to go to a court to apply to spy on you then get a FISA warrant.
0: How does coronavirus tie into the current state of emergencies we're seeing and some of the AI stuff?
3: Okay so when was the last time we had something where we were on lockdown? in the United States. was the last time? Probably 9-11. Right, so then what happened at 9-11 because everyone was so scared that airplanes were just gonna be falling out of the sky?
0: We lost a bunch of our rights. So
3: we let them spy on us, mm-hmm. we let them listen in on us, we didn't care if cameras, because mm-hmm. if I have nothing to hide, who cares, right? Yeah. Mm.
0: So- yes, so isn't it a coincidence that now that this FISA, you know, now that all these FISA permissions expired, the Patriot Act expired, section 215 expired. Now we're seeing all these states of emergencies being declared and meanwhile there's this drama that's going out in the House and the Senate and the only hope might just be President Trump vetoing it because you have a lot of these rhinos jumping on board and only few people like Rand Paul and Mike Lee are speaking out against it.
3: So, coronavirus. We have Google right now collecting information, right, Uh, that new program where they're offering you. um, The White House is actually asking for people that work in artificial intelligence to kind of come and help and solve the coronavirus issue uh, by asking questions about people like where you contracted it, who you went with. And obviously, you know, you're going to go buy a mouth swab at a drive through and this is probably why President Trump said if you're not sick, don't get tested. Uh, how many times did he say that? He said it a few times. Speaking of saying it a few times, did you notice something different on Friday when he called the national emergency when he was talking?
0: Hmm. I don't know. Was it that he wasn't standing in front of the presidential seal? Mm. And he was wearing a hat, wasn't he?
3: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: I mean, aren't the presidents supposed to always be in front of the presidential seal, Tori?
3: Yeah, but not when, I guess there are circumstances where, you know, you wear a different hat. Hmm. So
0: what's the difference between the president of the United States hat and the commander in chief hat?
3: Well, it's kind of like the Millie Weaver, the journalist hat and the mommy, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Two different same person so when you're acting as a commander of the military you know you can't be the president but yes you are but you're really that role right now
0: so do you think that might be an indicator that there might be let's say maybe a martial law declaration that maybe the public doesn't know about because it's a matter of national security
3: maybe because the enemy is invisible and we're still gonna win regardless if it's invisible, because we do have a Commander-in-Chief that took control of the situation. He closed the borders down before it went nuts. He's holding all the cards to his chest. Uh, you know, we were even tried, there was a an attack, right? A cyber attack mm-hmm. on HHS, which means someone was fishing around for DNA data, because uh, they want to see how it responds, because it keeps mutating, right?
0: Yeah, that so, is very interesting. We've heard several reports that the coronavirus keeps on mutating
3: and hmm. that's normal because uh you know uh viruses the virus if i get you know covid19 and <laughs> cough and then yeah. touch you oops i just touched her um yeah i better get coronavirus the oh on. yeah you better get it okay so <laughs> basically what happens is is um the DNA in my body transcribes the virus. Mm. So then those viruses explode out of the cell and go to all the other ones and then reinfect and rewrite, but it's done with my DNA. So if I give you my COVID, it's going to be a different version because it was made with my DNA, just as your version will be made with my DNA plus whoever else's DNA changes. So You know, that's why I would always say like flu vaccines, um, if they're constantly mutating from person to person, like what's the point?
0: Yeah, what is the point of getting a flu shot if it mutates so fast, you don't even know if you're gonna be being injected with the the right virus strain before you get it. So what's the point of trying to develop this coronavirus vaccine if it's duplicating and mutating so fast that I mean, by the time they get around to what they say, it could be like a year or so until they develop a vaccine. So is it very likely that the same virus they use to develop the vaccine, that it would even be the same one that's out in circulation?
3: Of course not. And, you know, maybe there's a whistleblower report out there by Timothy Cunningham, who was a a Navy officer. He worked in at the CDC. Um, as an intelligence in the intelligence division, National Security Division of Epidemiology, who by the way was in the Navy, so that means he knows how to swim, Mm -hmm. but drowned in a river um Hmm. two weeks after his whistleblower report so hmm. and isn't
0: that coincidental
3: right and right (laughs) after that the whole national security team there was fired and you know obviously the left now is like president trump fired them all so it's his fault coronavirus
0: he didn't have to he didn't happen to know anything about hillary clinton right i mean he's not one of those people that we need to add to her body count list right i don't know
3: um (laughs) apparently now google seems to be showing us results for questions like that that it didn't
0: right if we google clinton body count now it actually pulls that up as one of the top search results
3: right how insane it's almost as if maybe really good patriots have control of google now
0: <laughs> either that or because of the fact that there's a declaration of emergency and possibly martial law that would mean that the military could be surveying you know using their surveillance powers to oversee everything and they might be watching some of these big companies right now because they're playing a major role in public uh, information and how the public receives information. And if they're doing any type of curating or using algorithms to rig search results, that might come back to bite them in the butt later, don't you think? And plus, they, since the, the, um, this FISA permissions expired from the Patriot Act, they can't really spy on the military that's spying on them.
3: Correct. And therefore, we can now search things. Like, for example, you can search a lot of stuff on Google now where it comes up. Like, why don't you type in, um, let's see, let's type in Democratic Party.
0: And what do we see?
3: A rat? I thought it was a donkey. Hmm. That's interesting. How's Demo-rat-, we- Demo-rat-, <laughs> Demo-rat. Demo-rat. I think Google knows the truth. Speaking of deep-fake, right? Did you watch the Joe Biden video? Where he, like, addressed the nation I don't know. in under I, eight minutes? I,
0: you know, honestly, Tori, I don't really have the best eye for deep-fakes. Well,
3: I don't, I don't know if it's a deep-fake. He just looked a little bit stiff. Mm-mm. And a little bit like this. Because, you know, before, when he wow. did a video, he walked off the set. Before, If you guys remember, this video, he was talking on the phone and he was walking off the set.
0: I mean, sometimes he's an old, old senile guy. A lot of things he does doesn't make sense or look right to me. And a lot of things he says doesn't sound right either.
3: Well, he doesn't even know what he's running for, so.
0: (laughs) He's like... I don't know my own identity well he actually
3: promoted for us to re-elect Donald Trump in his own words it's like that time when Ocasio-Cortez was like flip it red and it's like okay sure thing
0: yeah I I don't think he has a snowball's chance in hell of winning the 2020 election but yet they're saying that he's winning in the primaries and he's smoking Bernie. I'm just not buying it. Something doesn't seem right there, Tori. It does well, not seem right.
3: If we're quarantined and he has to do a remote live video sessions to answer questions, he can sound sound. I mean, how do you know I'm me? Right? Technology can make me someone else.
0: I don't know. And how do we know that anyone's even showing up to Biden's rallies if he's not having the rallies anymore? See, I was planning to go and cover all the Biden and Bernie and Trump rallies and give you guys accurate depictions, videos, evidence of their crowd sizes. But now they've canceled all of that. And... We're just all going to have to blindly trust the election results without any exit polls, without any pictures of rallies and attendance. And, I mean, it's the deep state's dream, honestly. Facebook has been at the forefront of the digital ID movement. Uh, I I reported, actually, in a video back in, I think it was 2018, where I was interviewing with Alex Jones and I was talking about a source of mine that actually uh, tipped off that there was gonna be a biological warfare weapon attack in the future, near future, and I was kinda sounding the alarm on that. Now, one of the interesting things there is how it tied in with Facebook and this, and how Facebook was going and pushing towards uh, government IDs. And the way I knew that they did that is because they had made an acquisition, which Facebook goes around and buys up all these other starter companies, like Google. Like Google, they all do. Okay, they go and they find, wow, look at this talented new startup company. They buy it up and then they morph it into themselves to make themselves just a bigger more powerful beast notice we've been seeing this real id 2020 Mm -hmm. or in uh, i guess in europe and everyone else they just call it id 2020. yeah
3: or real africa what is it
0: yeah uh, that one's um id for africa 2020.
3: piloted in somalia maybe ilhan omar helped do that
0: this is like a global government ID system mm-hmm. that they're creating here talk about you know New World Order I mean if you wanted to have a global governance system wouldn't you have to have a, some kind of a global government ID system in place first
3: yeah and then uh, if you're on Facebook like I was earlier today and you found this really cool music called Kung Flu and you posted it and then a friend of yours finds it offensive now you can be tried for a hate crime because you offered real ID to Facebook in order to have your Facebook, and you've committed a hate not crime too. by posting a really cool <coughs> fun video. Maybe Let's we should show the watch video. it. Yeah, oh, Let's show. No, that was that I like was the dying. I was dying. Oh, look over there. I was, like? totally yeah, I, <laughs> I was totally dying. Yeah, I know. I was <laughs> totally dying. Virus actually, I have MOUs from the state of Texas and North Dakota that clearly say that, hey, in exchange for this, you can have access to the federal database. And then you have to think. Well, so in exchange for all your personal private information,
0: you can have access to whatever. That's right. So like they, the they attorney can, general. Right. That, that reminds me of exactly what Facebook has been doing with people. Uh, well. Here's an article here that talks about how Facebook may now ask for a photo ID, bank statement, even medical record as proof of identity. So you'll be locked out of your Facebook account and they're like, oh, better give us your ID, better give us your your personal bank statements or your medical records, and that way we'll let you back onto our system. Mm-hmm. And then what's gonna happen with that? Facebook already was under scrutiny because there was a, ma- a massive server breach uh, and why was that? Because they simply left their
3: server... With no password. With no password. See, even really worse than Podesta. At least Podesta had the word password yeah. as password, right? I know, right? I mean, They could have put password <laughs> as the password. And wait a minute, aren't they supposed to be like super coders where they're making these right? crazy algorithms? Unless they didn't really create the social media algorithm, but that's another thing. Exactly, story. and
0: they released, they leaked hundreds of millions of people's phone records with their accounts and their Facebook... Facebook ID their unique Facebook ID that was 419 million people's phone numbers so how you could use that phone number theoretically maybe to clone a phone device and use that phone device to verify someone's account to get into someone's account so that would allow somebody to get into people's Facebook accounts and hack and surf through pictures and everything else exactly and
3: they also have access to your contents because when you sign up for messenger they're like yo can we like check out your phone and Upload all of that in here. Exactly. So
0: what's going to happen when your your own personal private medical records are all up there on the internet, waiting to be hacked, waiting to be got into? They all connect,
3: and then it's like this what digital profile. That's what ID mm-hmm. twenty twenty is about. They want to control every aspect exactly. of your life from your searches, your purchases, your health, your finances, everything. Your personal. Life. I guess it could be good for catching terrorists, but
0: that doesn't ever tend to be what these things are used for. I mean, we've seen how Facebook, they have all these AI systems, and Twitter, look, Twitter has all these AI systems and algorithms so they can catch child predators and child porn, but what is it used for? It's used to go after political speech. Or and if you
3: talk about Chelsea meanwhile, Handler.
0: child porn is all over their site. For weeks, and it hasn't been taken
3: down. We're not talking about, oh,
0: something up for a couple hours. No, people, we're talking about weeks. Some of this stuff was up for
3: weeks. Uh, weeks, years. Yeah. And these people share and share and share. You know, they have pictures with nine-year-olds doing things. They have them posing in bathhouse. Oh, this is my night. It's the creepiest stuff ever. Okay. Yet, you know, you say something about Chelsea Handler, or, God forbid, you remind Alyssa Milano that she, what, thumped real hard for, you know, Andrew okay, Gillum. So,
0: uh, there's a deadline now for Real ID, and that is October 1st, 2020. So this fall, you're, everyone is going to have to get onto this Real ID system. So so how is it different? Well, you're just going to go to the DMV. Uh, they're going to take your, your fingerprints, your biometrics, and then they're going to take a picture, and they're going to facially scan your face with the picture. So all of your biometrics now are going to be put into the system that's going to be across multiple systems and databases, so it's all gonna be up on like a federal system. They'll be able to cross-check if you have, an, let's say if you had an ID in California and you had an ID in a, in a Oregon, if you had IDs in the same like different, um, basically the same ID, same person, having multiple IDs in multiple states. Mm-hmm. might be an indicator of fraud. I mean, they'll be able to crack down on mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, maybe uh, people who are trying to assume new identities Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. But also, I think in a more broad sense, it's going to be used as well for other systems, like even how we see Facebook adopting biometric facial uh, recognition software into their own software companies where they can verify your ID that you are who you say you are in their. Uh, social media Well companies.
3: that's already happening it will take like you said all that information and put it into a database because not a lot of people have passports mm-hmm. so obviously they don't have all biometrics. Exactly. And so your children like when they grow up and wherever whatever state you're at 14 to 16 they get their first driver's license they actually get put on a federal database now their faces at least but with real ID they'll be put on biometrically so even if they don't have a passport they'll still have their biometrics iris Fingerprints, everything. Exactly.
0: And to give you guys some context here of how Real ID plays into states of emergency, uh, Real ID was originally an act that was passed following 9 11. And they used 9 11 as justification for it because they claimed that the hijackers used fake photo IDs in order to get on, you know, get into the airport, get on the planes, et cetera. What? Yes, that's what they claimed. They claimed that uh, the hijackers used. Fake IDs, and that's why they justified the real ID.
3: But didn't the explosive-proof passport float from the tower mm-hmm. down uh, unscathed from the explosion? It's like, you know, the the guy who, you know, yeah. took over the plane oh, yeah, and yeah. blew up. Uh-huh. His passport somehow made it out of the plane, maybe opened the window or the door, flew out. You know, un- you know, totally yeah. explosive proof, <laughs> same explosive proof material probably it's amazing like in Belgium. how those, right? how those passports.
0: passports can just, you know, hold up against flames that melts. Right, melt and explosions, yeah. right?
3: And that one probably got out the window maybe maybe threw it out saying, oh, yeah, exactly. leave my calling yeah. card like they did in Belgium, right? And then, you know, some, you know, anonymous passerby found it, but fake so was it fake or was it real because this is how they determined who was flying that plane or hijacked Mm -hmm. that plane right so Whatever it is, the only thing they want is a big database with everybody's face and information on it. So that way, they know you. And, you know, we might see things like Minority Report. Actually, William Barr passed some really weird, you know, created this really weird task force on, like, preemptive, you know, crimes. And it's like, whoa, are we watching the Minority Report? Because, uh, how do you determine when someone's joking and when they have real intentions? States have been taking advantage and have had access to FBI databases and apparently the FBI thinks they're an intelligence agency, right? That's what they keep claiming. And they have access to things. So that's kind of weird if you think some ho dicky cop from, you know, this little town with five people can literally go on his computer and look at stuff that he shouldn't be looking at
0: well sure it is weird but when you look at the broader sense here we're not just talking about uh in states these being id state ids and and uh government ids for america we're talking about a a global initiative which is the id 2020 initiative Mm -hmm. and when we're talking about these other countries even initiating their own real id system at the same time that's all part of this initiative let's look at the broader perspective here because it seems normal and fine right now and it's not too much different than your typical id but where it's going to go and where it's going to lead to is actually going to be the the key here and that is we should look at what is happening with id for africa 2020 Mm -hmm. okay they've got requirements there in africa that you have to show a vaccination certificate against yellow fever to leave or enter the country now. And this is gonna be verified through e-document linked to the bearers biometrics. So because I guess yellow fever is an issue in Africa. I've got vaccinated, thank you US Navy. Yeah, yellow (laughs) fever is an issue in Africa. So people that live there now have to take a certificate that proves that they were vaccinated against yellow fever when they go to get their identification to verify it, they then include that e-document in their real ID biometrics so that that can be tracked and related to. And so I'm wondering, okay, so that's a, a, a fever, right? That's a pathogen that they're worried mm-hmm. about and that you have to be vaccinated against and mm-hmm. they use your ID to track that. Is
3: yellow fever racist? Right. <laughs> I'm just thinking because it's yellow, so it's, it's a color, right? Or, so, know.
0: so how does that then play in with coronavirus here, where there's all this paranoia about the virus, right? They're working towards a vaccine. We now have these testing centers where they're gonna be set up outside of Walmarts and CVS where people are gonna have to go up and give their bio, you know, their yeah. biological Swab. specimens over to and me the government and as to whether they have contracted the virus or not. Mm-hmm. At what point is it gonna be that in order to even go to the store or access certain public settings around the public and not this social distancing (laughs) quarantine stuff at what point are you gonna have to prove that you've either already had the coronavirus or that you've been vaccinated against this new coronavirus strain and how would they verify that well they would verify it with an e-document attached to your biometrics, attached to your real ID, which there's a deadline by October 1st, 2020, that everyone's going to be on this new real ID.
3: Apparently, without with your regular driver's license, you won't be able to get on a plane, so you need real ID, but if you have a passport, you're good. So yeah. I think that is the loop around. But speaking of e-verifying virus, well, first of all, let's just call out... You know, we've got you know yellow fever, right? We had Zika virus, and then we had West Nile virus. That has to be racist too. I mean, the Egyptians should be real angry.
0: Oh, and another little with another the Kung little key right? is that I mean, you have to have the real ID to be able to fly. Well, that's one of the things are domestically,
3: requiring. you yeah. need a passport to go internationally. Yeah. But yeah, that's why you know your driver's license won't help. Mm-hmm. But with this, with the e-certification, this is what I see: either you hook up with a really cool Tory that can hack the system and put an e-cert, even though you don't have one, or we're going to see a lot of bootleg, you know, physicians scanning the barcode of the thing and then chucking it, um, and have bootleg e-certs. And guess what? Because I can foresee the future, obviously, the next thing is is that they will actually test you. You know, you have to think about what are these vaccines really for because like exactly. we said this virus in a year or even tomorrow is nothing like the virus that existed yesterday so why what, how are we getting vaccinated like bacterial vaccinations i get it yes. right like rubella you know mm-hmm. you know it's a bacterial
0: it's not a virus that keeps on mutating
3: i mean yeah bacteria can mutate but not at the rate that viruses can which is from one host to another because mm-hmm. they're literally parasites so then you have to wonder, well, what do they put in there? Fun story, when I went back to school you know, to complete my education in molecular and cellular biology, I had a federal work study at the CC, and this was in 2008. So we were analyzing the flu shot for the next year, right? That we were going to be ushering in. And that was for 2009. So as we were sitting there and studying, we were supposed to do the pros and cons of using vectors. What's a vector? It's like a container. This is a vector for coffee, right? So a vector is a cell that you put all that stuff that's supposed to help you not have the virus inside. So. What kind of cell would you use? Well, we learned our lesson with using avion cells because then we got the avion flu. The bird flu. Yeah. Um, so then we started using porcine cells in 2008, and then we got the... Swine flu? Yeah, so we did. Hmm. Swine, piggy, porcine. And you know my report actually said that. We can't... Because I worked at a... Um, I studied under a, a guy that's very controversial that tries to clone now, people now
0: have they used bovine
3: <laughs> yes they have Fishes? bovine cells have been used so that's mm-hmm. beef um but you know since using animal cells didn't work <laughs> yeah. so i studied under this guy uh, named dr zavos he's actually very you know controversial you know he was maimed by the press over 20 years ago because he wanted to clone human beings Mm -hmm. and from him i learned a technique called somatic nuclear transfer so basically it's taking a cell and emptying out all the genetic information and then putting in the genetic information to create you know the human you want now that's the same kind of process we use when we make vaccines we take a cell and we strip it. Here's where the problem is. The cell, the vector, still has DNA. Not a lot, just enough. Just a enough. little bit, right? And it mixes with the other DNA. So could you imagine if I was Muslim, I'd be really upset if I got the H1N1 flu shot because that's haram.
0: Right? They're injecting the, the pork tissue into their blood. I mean, how? Exactly. That would how? be...
3: <laughs> I'd be upset. I don't know. Would Muhammad forgive them for... You know, just like Christians are upset about, you know, what we're using now and stuff. You like the aborted fetal tissues? Maybe that's why Nancy wanted to slide it into this relief Mm -hmm. bill, right? For people that are affected by the coronavirus, she thought, let's fund Planned Parenthood, like,
0: Yeah, because that goes hand in hand. Planned Parenthood provides a lot of fetal tissues, which they they can be using those fetal tissues for science, right?
3: Right. And hey, I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, well, that's not true. I've heard people say, I've seen it on right wing sites where they say they use human cells. Well, how else are they putting the, the virus in you? They can't just inject you with a virus. It's a dead parasite. It has to have a vector that means vessel and the vector has to be a cell and it's not going to be your cell all right because you're getting the vaccine that by the way your doctor you know scans a few times because it goes on many many databases because you know while you're getting those vaccines those barcodes actually go to cohorts you know Hmm. they separate you in groups depending on the batch of vaccine you're getting but you know that's a topic for another time right we're going to kind of
0: explain to you guys how All of this wraps in together.
3: Today, I'm going to
2: talk to you about the Qualcomm Adreno GPU. When bottlenecks arise, IT can deploy
3: Chrome. Adreno is the brand name we give to the GPU.
1: Chrome is a great platform.
3: Adreno is the brand name we give to the GPU.
1: Chrome is a great platform. Adreno. Chrome. Adreno. Chrome. Adreno. Chrome has amazing frame rate. Are you angry,
0: Peter? Aren't we talking about basically they would create like an AI Millie? And that AI Millie would be in a computer system
3: with all of the information they've collected from me, including my DNA, my genetics. So, yeah. So that's called a digital profile. Yeah. And in Europe, actually, with their project of ID2020, they're actually addressing the issue of protecting your digital identity. Hmm. so your digital identity supposedly says more than you going in person and that's they're um, trying to mitigate you know malicious someone buying ads to talk about you banning you from places saying things that aren't true So so,
0: so theoretically right they could collect everything they know about me like even school records anything they could find and that's part of this like medical records stuff where they, they want to put all of our medical records up into the digital world I mean they'll just collect Worldwide, everything right? they yeah. can about me including like my daily when I'm walking around you think your cell phone's not spying on you it is spying on you, it's taking videos, taking audio, they're collecting everything all of our, our TVs are smart now, mm-hmm. they listen to us Our our these uh, new devices, the Alexa's, the Echo's, they listen to everything you're doing So when it's doing all that, that they're actually creating it with all that information, it's being inputted into an AI system that has your name on it, that is being created around your identity, that they're then going to use all that information they collect about you to predict your movements in the future, Mm -hmm. even as to whether or not
3: you ever would commit a crime in the future. Yeah, not only that, but in the future, they'll know what makes me tick, so they'll know what they need to tell you and sell you, and how to guide you into voting the right way, because they know best. Why would they want to
0: build an AI system, an AI identity for each person? Why would they want to do that?
3: Control. How do you control people? And maybe this is why there's just way too many people on the planet, like Bill Gates keeps saying. I mean, that guy is infatuated with well, depopulation. Well, do you think it's
0: possibly he? because they want to use the combined information, right, to see, to predict, like you were saying, predict how people are going to react to, let's say, a biological pandemic or predict how people would react to an election being stolen? Because if you could predict how every single one of these different people's identities might react, you might be able to predict how society as a whole would react to certain situations and be able to
3: predict outcomes well actually the ai system that is composing this data is purely for control and for future generations in order to be able to identify dissidents to identify what they need to correct to make sure they're good citizen it's kind of like eugenics but more on the whole level not just the genetic level you know eugenics they're already working on that you see infertility has increased lately you have to wonder why Hmm. how did that happen people used to make a lot of children now it's like we're almost at the cusp where we're going extinct right our reproduction rates are really really low i mean as in in the u.s in the western world in general so you have to think Okay, they've taken care of the genetic part, obviously. So now they have to think of the youth and bringing up part. You know, from youth, you know, how can you mold them and what can you do with all this information you have to marshal them to the right place that you want them to be, to be a great citizen. We have started seeing in medications like vaccines and some other stuff is something called graphene. Mm. It's a very, very particular type of, let's just say, nanotech. Hmm. Obviously, nano means you can't see it, invisible enemy. Hmm.
0: And can't you use 5G to control graphene inside the body?
3: Well, square waves, yes, and yes. But I mean, that's hypothetically speaking. How right? does
0: graphene totally. interact with viruses in the body?
3: So graphene is kind of like a glue thing. It's not a virus thing, it's a DNA thing. So let's say I want to rewrite your genetic code. I might put, think of it like uh, asphalt on the road. Just wipe it out and then stick the stuff that I want on top and it'll just mesh in because it'll just melt right in. Because it kind of works like nanotubules. Interesting. Very, it is.
0: I mean, I've heard a lot of people talking about different theories they have that somehow there's a link there with coronavirus and 5G. I mean, what do you think?
3: Can't talk about it. These are all conspiracy theories, kind of like prepping and bio warfare. They said
0: prepping was a like, you were crazy. You had a tinfoil hat if you were a prepper. Well, I'm sure the preppers are not you know, they're not doing too bad right now. I'm sure they've got plenty of toilet paper stock <laughs> oh, and
3: water <laughs> and food. And what was the other one? Jeffrey Epstein being a pedophile totally laughed at. Right. Like, who's laughing now, right?
0: Yeah, I'm I mean, people who miss a boat on buying some of these storable foods that Infowars sells. I mean, you technically yeah. can still buy these storable foods on Infowarsstore.com, but there is a little bit of a waiting list.
2: How to get banned from social media in three. <clears throat> Two. One. The big tech giants want you to stop spreading the coronavirus. Wait a minute. Let me rephrase that. The big tech giants want you to stop spreading unfounded conspiracy theories rejected by the establishment mainstream media. And that means the first casualty of the coronavirus is the
1: truth. Aren't you interested to know what they don't want you to know? You ought to be. It is a weapon system.
2: This is a violation of the Geneva Convention. This is a crime against humanity. The WHO is uh, up to its eyeballs in uh, biological warfare uh, research. That's the whole purpose of biological warfare. And they've been caught doing it. In the latest effort to control the narrative and prevent the outbreak of real, unbiased investigative journalism, the big tech giants are now targeting independent news outlets, or anyone for that matter, who is going against the mainstream and presenting solid evidence that the coronavirus might be a man-made biological weapon developed and manufactured in communist China. But if you talk about any of this stuff,
1: They'll shut you down on Twitter, on
2: Facebook. Now get this, recently YouTube announced that they were approached by Newsweek, who requested that they delete all the YouTube channels that were just flagged by Newsweek for posting videos about the coronavirus they don't want you to see. YouTube's response? Swift action, of course. They quickly deleted all the video channels flagged by Newsweek magazine as inappropriate, which included the remaining InfoWars proxy channels and the powerful conspiracy empire, Natural News. Within hours, Twitter joined in on the purge and slapped down a permanent ban on Zero Hedge for publishing coronavirus conspiracy theories. We'll have none of that.
3: Twitter has banned the site Zero Hedge. From
0: its platform after Zero Hedge published an article that linked a Chinese scientist to the virus outbreak.
2: Both actions by YouTube and Twitter to delete this information and kill the messenger has been enthusiastically celebrated by the tattletale gatekeepers over at Newsweek. After all, a global pandemic of human origin infecting tens of thousands of people, accompanied by a massive government cover up, that's not a news story. In fact, according to Big Tech, that's Nunya.